Well, it's almost as if I was going to do a series on uh, driving a car and every car in my household would stop working. Uh, trying to talk about music. By the way, if someone's got a hymnal that they could get for me, I didn't bring my hymnal up. Ah, that's great. Thanks. Um, this series uh, on music, uh, my original plan was to uh, have more actual music going on in it. And maybe by next time we'll get there. Uh, so far I've just been talking about it. Uh, I, it, it reminds me of a uh, statement that Howard Hendricks once said in a conference I was in. Uh, he was quoting, I think, a, um, uh, an old spiritual or a message from an uh, African-American pastor who said, everybody talking about worship ain't worship. <laughs> you know, uh, you can talk about it, but you're, that's not doing it. So we will eventually get to where we can uh, uh, do some of this rather than have me talk about it. Um, so in this series, we've covered the origin of music in the scriptures and formal worship as it developed in the Song of Moses uh, and the Exodus. I talked about the three types of instruments um, and, the, uh, and that they were supplemental to the human voice. Um, we looked at the typology that Paul talks about of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs where psalms really is the actual singing of Scripture. And the hymns are the praises or declarations of God's character or acts. And the spiritual songs, more like folk or personal songs of testimony and encouragement, that are used to minister to one another. Gave an overview of our hymnal, and then uh, we also looked last week at uh, liturgy and the liturgy of the Disciple Center. Uh, there's so much more that I'd like to talk about and I'll be able to pull some of that together, but I keep having to reconfigure this. Uh, it's, I remember the days when I first was uh, uh, preaching where you prepare the sermon the week that you're going to preach it. Um, I discovered that that was a disaster. <clears throat> a lot of pastors do it. You know, Saturday night they're hitting the books to do a sermon. That's a, a sermon that's not tried or tested. Uh, so what I normally do is work on a series... Um, well in advance, sometimes years in advance, live with it, try to live it, experience it that, so that when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about what I know and I'm not just following notes uh, that I put together and may next week say, oop, that was wrong. Um, so uh, I, I have this content down, not quite in this configuration, and so... Uh, uh, We'll see how, how it goes. What I want to do today is talk about the components of sacred music. And I wanted to talk about the idea of sacred music itself, but I think that will have to wait till next time because I think I have maybe more material than I need to address. But I will talk about right at the end those questions that we need to think among ourselves and talk among ourselves uh, as to how we use music in a sacred manner versus how we use music in a popular manner. Um, and that, that will be where we'll go uh, from here. But I want to talk about the components of sacred music, and there are really four of those. The first one is the direction of the music. Who is the music directed to? 
The second one is, what is the function of the music? What is the music intended to accomplish? Um, just fill in the silence, or is there something more going on? Third, what about the lyrics? And we talked about it in our testimony time. To what extent is the, uh, the scripture uh, behind what it, what's being said? And, and to what extent is what's being said an accurate depiction of that? Is it truth that we are singing, or are we singing opinion in that sense? Then finally, the musical style. This is the most difficult of all of the components of the music. What is the mood of the music? What is the tempo of the music? What is the tone and volume of the music? What, what are we doing with the music? Are we manipulating people? Are we expressing uh, uh, an appropriate emotion? And if we express the appropriate emotion, uh, would that be the same if we were speaking a different language or of a different culture? What extent does this have to be adapted for a culture? And then, again, what's the struggle with what's sacred then and what's popular? Um, and so we need to, to think about those. I want to start with, um, with the direction. And, and if you have your hymnals, I know you loan me mine. You're going to have to borrow one. If you have your hymnals, I want you to uh, look at some things. Um, the, the first direction is where the, the music is directed to the Lord. So I'm going to give you three examples of each of these. We'll look at them a little bit in terms of the words. The first one is hymn number 31. Hymn number 31 is uh, the hymn, uh, the, the chorus actually, uh, I Exalt Thee. Uh, and it's based on Psalm 97.9. So this is in, in effect uh, a psalm uh, being read. It's scripture being sung. Uh, For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Um, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, O Lord. That, those words are direct scripture being sung. Um, now, we sing it sometimes, we exalt thee. Uh, part of the struggle is, is this individual statements? Is this a communal statement? I'll talk about that later in the, in the service, uh, in the series. But think about this. This is talking to God through the, the music and through the, the hymn. The second one that uh, I want you to look at is one we already sang today, uh, which is number 78. Uh, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice uh, to worship you, O my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Uh, this, this singing of uh, the Scripture and singing of statements that come from the Scripture directed to the Lord is, is an important part of uh, how we use music in, in services. And when we are doing that, we need to think about uh, not worshiping God in a false way. These people draw near me with their lips, God says through Isaiah, but their heart is far from me. So part of the issue is that when we sing these hymns, we should be engaging our heart to, to speak this to God so that it's not just lip service. Uh, because God knows the thoughts 
and the intents of the heart. If you'll turn one page over, uh, we have hymn number 79. Uh, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus tis now. Now think about the lyrics. The lyrics are somewhat King James. But there's a beauty in, in, that, in that style. Uh, I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus tis now. I'll love thee in life. I will love thee in death. And praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath. Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I have watched several very mature spiritual people desperate to praise God with their final breath. Even though taking that breath was very, very difficult. Um, uh, In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. I'll sing of the glittering crown on my brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tell us now. Talk a little bit about the lyrics here. Here the lyrics can be a little misleading. This idea of being in heaven. Really we need to think in those things broader. The idea of the kingdom of heaven. uh, Which which then uh, works. There are times when we have to adjust words. But um, that, that's part of that. So, directed music to the Lord uh, is part of uh, the, um, uh, the use of music in, in worship. We also speak to one another, to ourselves, uh, in scriptures. I want you to turn to Him 225. Here the people being spoken to our fellow believers. Come Christians, join to sing. Alleluia, Amen. Now you know Alleluia means, uh, uh, really Hallelujah or Alleluia is praise to the Lord. Really the beginning of the name of God in Yah. So uh, that's what that word means. Uh, And it is Hebrew. Uh, and so, again, we have here English and Hebrew, though it's become somewhat of an English word for us. Uh, and amen says, let it be, you know, uh, uh, so be it. Uh, I agree. Um, uh, loud praise to Christ our King. Let all with heart and voice before His throne rejoice. Praise is His gracious choice. Alleluia, amen. How many of you know this song? Kind of. Okay, this, this is one of the ones I wanted to have us uh, go through. It's one that we need to, you need to be aware of it. Is it on your list, Christy? I'll bet it is as soon as you hear it. I, I can try it a cappella. The problem is we're recording, but it's, it's uh, uh, Come Christians, join to sing. Alleluia, amen. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a very well-known song and... Uh, uh, really, uh, when done well, a great call to worship. 
Uh, but that's function. I'll talk about that in a minute. Another one that is important uh, in talking to one another is hymn number 249. One that you probably have memorized. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come let us adore him. Now, it's not adoring him. It's saying, let's do it, okay? So this, the, the direction of these hymns is to each other, to encourage us and to call us to some action in that sense. And then, uh, one of my favorites, uh, 408. And if you are a J. Vernon McGee fan, uh, you can't... Uh, hear this song without thinking that the radio show is on. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent word. What more can He say than to you He hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. Just great, great uh, words. Um, uh, Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. And will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand. Upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. The idea is that that's the word that is coming from the scriptures. Um, And it's not that everything is great. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie. My grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. You can almost hear the words of Paul. I had this... uh, thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan who was buffeting me and causing me trouble. And three times I cried out to the Lord and the Lord said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so then instead of griping about his trials, Paul says, then I'll rejoice in them because in those his grace is sufficient. Just fantastic. There's real biblical content in, in, these, uh, in these hymns. Um, the soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Here is a song that we reinforce to one another Where do we get our strength? Where do we get our hope? Where do we get all that? In that firm foundation, which is the Word of God. The Scriptures. Drawing us to the Scriptures uh, and reminding us of the promises of God. Now, some of the hymns that are in our hymnal are not focused or directed to God. They're not directed to each other uh, as an encouragement. They're actually directed to those who don't know the Lord. And... um, Those are very common in the Baptist hymnals because they are used for a more evangelistic, revivalistic type uh, service. And so uh, we can't uh, talk about this without hymn number 330. Which in the Southern Baptist uh, hymnal should be are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? But, uh, that's okay, you know. Uh, 
Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? The idea being that this is a song sung to those who don't know the Lord saying, you need to know the Lord. And again, that's not worship when we're doing that. That's a different function. Uh, But we use music in all of those functions. The danger is when we use an inappropriate hymn for an inappropriate function in that sense. Uh, Another one that is one that I've always loved is hymn number uh, 480. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. And He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. Beautiful words. Uh, Nice musical setting. A clear statement uh, of what opportunity is given and therefore a song sung to to others and then uh, one that uh, uh, I can't read the words without hearing the tune in my head 487 Uh, the cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide And its grace so free is sufficient for me. And deep is its fountain as wide as the sea. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. That, that for many of us, is a song that just brings you back to maybe your own walking down the aisle or seeing somebody else walk down the aisle or a Billy Graham crusade and, and those things are reinforced. Clearly, we need our children to have those memories and those thoughts. It needs to be tied into them. Uh, and, and if we don't put it there, it's not going to happen. So, uh, speaking to others. And then, of course, there are hymns that are combinations where the direction actually shifts. Um, hymn number 34, we, we sang it earlier today, uh, is one where we do that kind of shift. We start making a statement, really talking to each other. He is Lord, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But then we generally switch to speak to Him. You are Lord. You are Lord. You are risen from the dead and you are Lord. Um, So the direction may shift within a hymn. uh, One towards God, one towards ourselves, maybe even one towards others. And you'll notice that as you see the wordings wordings in each of the the hymns. So I think it's important that you take time to go through the hymnal, uh, look at those, become familiar with the songs that most affect you uh, and think about what their function is and what their direction is. Now, I've talked about direction. Let me talk a little bit about function. And 
to some extent, I talked about that in the liturgy uh, last week, but I want us to uh, have a sense of that. So, um, many of the hymns are calls to worship God. They're, they're literally what we call a call to worship. Uh, and one of those that's uh, uh, a nice one is uh, hymn number 171. Come into His presence with thanksgiving in your heart and give Him praise and give Him praise. Come into His presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Your voices raise. Your voices raise. Give glory and honor and power unto Him. Jesus, the name above all. Give glory and honor and power unto Him. Jesus, the name above all names. This uh, setting is nice. It's probably not one that many of you know. Linda's not here to play it, so I'm, I'm not going to try to fake it. We'll pick that up. But there are some beautiful songs that we have not used in the hymnal that, that we, need to, we need to begin to learn and use and, and uh, tie them also in, uh, to our use with the children. Uh, one that I heard for years and years and then seemed to lose its, uh, its place is hymn number 207. Uh, uh, no, it's not 207. Okay, I must have done the wrong one. Uh, let me let me get it because I want to. It says 207, but it's not 207. Uh, there is a, a hymn called Brethren We Have Met to Worship that's a great... It's apparently not in this hymnal. Uh, it's listed, but not here. Uh, they they took... Huh? Yeah. I, I probably should have talked about that when I talked about the uh, the hymnal. One of the types of hymnals that you'll find in many churches are just lyric hymnals. No tune is listed. And then they pick the tune, because there's a series of tunes, and that tune can be used with several songs. Uh, And sometimes singing a hymn to a less known tune brings the words out better for you. I was going to do that in one of these series as well. Uh, you, you'll be surprised how many of them can be done with uh, different different ones. Um, and then uh, the other one that we sang this morning, 224, we have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. Uh, nice setting and, and functions as a call to worship. It's not worship. It's a call to worship. It, it brings us into that context. Then there are... Uh, Hymns that are confessions or statements of faith. Um, uh, Hymn number 318 is one of those. Uh, I think uh, this is a uh, Gaither hymn. Yes. Uh, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. Beautiful words here. There are things as we travel this earth's shifting sands that transcend all the reason of man. 
But the things that matter the most in this world, they can never be held in our hand. I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I'll believe whatever the cost. And when time has surrendered and earth is no more, I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Now, one of the reasons this song locked in for people when it was done is it ties into the old rugged cross. And that hymn has been a perennial top hymn uh, for generations, uh, as has Amazing Grace. There are certain hymns that are non-negotiable hymns that need to be taught to, uh, to children. And a lot of times, the, the hymns and the phrases of hymns, the lyrics, will actually draw from another hymn rather than the scripture directly because the poetic phrasing that is based on scripture works better in that context. And um, there's the, the words, the old rugged cross, are, are part of that, that framework. Uh, another one that we uh, have sung a lot and many find a... A song that they really enjoy is hymn number 527. I know whom I have believed. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me He has made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for His own. But I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed Unto him against that day. You almost can't just read the words. You have to start singing yet. Um, if you look at the verses here, uh, there is a progression that really is nice. I know not how this saving faith to me he did impart, nor how believing in his word brought peace within my heart, but I know whom I have believed. The third one. I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the Word and creating faith in Him. I don't know a lot about how God does anything, but I know whom I have believed. I mean, that's really the essence of that song. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Why would God let this happen? You don't want to necessarily know the answer, because you wouldn't like it or you would disagree with it. Uh, But you know whom you trust, the judge of the whole earth will do what's right. Uh, And since he knows it, and you don't, I mean, I just think of Job, God saying to him, can you do this, Job? Can you do this, Job? Can you do this, Job? Nope. Then maybe you should leave it to me. I mean, that's really what it turns out to be. You know? Uh, If you don't know much, maybe you shouldn't sit in judgment of God. Right? But we do, uh, because that's our nature. You know? Uh, And then uh, the Ananias and Sapphira verse 596. I surrender all. (laughs) Uh, Those of you who were at uh, uh, First Baptist Westminster, often we sang this, I surrender some. So we didn't lie to God. Odd hearing a whole church saying, I surrender some. You know, his part-time follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. What was the other one? Or hardly ever grumble or complain. Instead of saying never grumble or complain, we'd sing hardly ever. Uh, uh, you know, it, 
makes you think. Um, so confessions, but also many of the hymns are actual prayers. And uh, uh, one of my perennial uh, uh, favorites is uh, the second one we're going to look at. The one before that is uh, 389. Uh, 389 is a, is a beautiful one we're going to use uh, coming up in, uh, at Pentecost. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. I mean, there really is a procedure there of God doing, God, you can't use me as I am. I need to be broken down a little bit. I need to be reformed. I need to be reconfigured so that you will use me. Uh, I'm, I'm that clay. You think of Jeremiah. I'm that clay in the potter. Remember he said, go down to the potter's house. And, he's, and he saw the potter making something and it broke in the potter's hand. And then he molded it back. Making a vessel of honor. We have, these, we have this hope in earthen uh, vessels, right? We're, we're crackpots. You know, cracked pots is what we are. We could be cracked pots too, but you know, that's how it works. Okay, one of my favorite uh, hymns, uh, 642. I'm going to try to stay composed. Um, yeah, in here, yeah. If you don't teach your children this hymn, and I get to uh, the third heaven before you, I'm locking the gate on you. Okay? This, this is a beautiful, beautiful hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the evening tide. The darkness deepens, Lord with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee. Help of the helpless. Oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim. Its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. I wanted us to sing this one today and... I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who, like thyself, my guide and stay can be? Through clouds and sunshine, oh, abide with me. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. And then this verse, I'm going to try to read it. This is the verse that I see John Paul II 
right before his death, unable to function anymore, just hanging on to that cross, watching them do the stations of the cross at the Colosseum, and he couldn't lead it anymore. But he wasn't going to not participate. I want to be like that at the end. If I can't walk, I'll lean. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. I'll write it better than that, you know? And the setting is really good. Ah. All right. The Church of the Eternal Tissue. I have about 54 hymns that have to be sung at my funeral. Yeah, you won't sit Shiva for me. You'll sing hymns for seven days. <laughs> uh, this is one of them. This is in the top five. And then uh, one that uh, Linda plays and sings quite a bit. I've never talked to her about why this one uh, has an effect on her. Uh, change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God. 654, sorry. Change my heart, O oh God. May I be like you. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God. May I be like you. He is conforming us into the image of his son. Great, great theology there. Now some of our hymns are not prayers. And by the way, singing a prayer uh, in your private prayer time, uh, using the hymns that way, is a very uh, meaningful way to do that. Uh, so, praises. Hymn number 139. Another one that's on my top list. Now, this, this hymn is important, I think, because of the, the location of the verse from which it is taken. It is actually taken from the book of Lamentations. The book that is read on the day that Judaism basically says, this is the worst day of all days in the world. Everything bad happened on this day. Destruction of the first temple, destruction of the second temple, uh, getting kicked out of this place, getting kicked out of that place. It's like totally bad. And if you've read the book of Lamentations, it's basically uh, bemoaning all of the disaster that's going on. And then right in the second chapter, uh, third chapter, I'm sorry, of that, of that book is... That verse, great is thy faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. 
So this one we got to do. Uh, you know, again, I, we were going to sing it, but uh, great is Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. From everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. The second verse is about telling creation, wake up and praise God with me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy and love. There's the Noah covenant right there. You know, season will remain, time will remain uh, until this heaven and earth passes away. And then I call the third verse the benefits clause. (laughs) Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today. Bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousands beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Boy, if you can't sing that song, I don't get it, you know. That that just is one of those that I never tire of, of singing. Another great praise song is 182 follows a kind of a psalm pattern and I think it's one that uh, I heard in churches when I was first a believer just all the time but, but particularly around Thanksgiving I don't hear this hymn much anymore for the beauty of the earth for the glory of the skies For the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. How many of you know this one? Okay, good. All right. Uh, For the wonders of each hour of the day and of the night, hill and vale and tree and flower, sun and moon and stars of light. Vale is a valley. For the joy of human love, brother, sister, parent, child, friends on earth, Friends above. Communion of saints. For the gentle thoughts and mild. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. I think there's a version of this that sings, Christ our God, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Every once in a while they they change it if you, if you, you know, it's kind of like, like we do with Bibles. Who changed that? (laughs) Uh, And why did they change it? Um, Some of them they got rid of, for such a worm as I, such a wretch as I, uh, for sinners such as I, because they didn't want worm theology. Nothing wrong with worm theology. It's in the Bible. Uh, I am a worm and not a man. Okay, Uh, That's focusing on the the unworthiness of us in in comparison to God, and then of course one that we do uh, 
at the beginning of this season and at the end of the season, 815, uh, the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, that one's falling somewhat out of use, I think, because of the term ghost versus spirit, which is the King James issue. But again, we need to teach our children what these words mean in the context of the hymnal and the context of older Bibles so that they will be able to... uh, understand the richness of that. Uh, Now there are testimonial songs. I've got to kind of close this up. Testimonial songs. uh, Hymn number 83. There's something about that name. Or the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Or hymn 92. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. And then one of my favorites, that's why we have to sing it every year, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. That, those words about, uh, well, we've got we to look at the words. 267. I'm up here and you're down there, so we'll do it my way. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to man. I thought as how the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to man. I miss bell towers on churches. Uh, We at least have a bell. Okay? There's a there's a Quasimodo in me <laughs> that wants to hear those bells ring. Uh, when when I went up to uh, uh, Dr. Sosi's uh, funeral at Biola, um, uh, Palm Sunday, uh, Dr. Lambeth said to me, "Let's go around and see the bells." And we went around, and they have the bells that were in the Church of the Open Door, are put there, they're, they're tied up where they don't ring, but there, there's those bells, and, I, and it took me back, because they also have a, a, a drawing of the old church of the open door, with those big signs on the top that said, Jesus saves, where J. Vernon McGee preached, and where Biola started, the Bible Institute of L.A., all of those things, uh, and just, just an incredible uh, 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 history that needs to be known and passed on because it's being lost. Um, so uh, the verses go on. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. You can really get there. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. He that watches over Israel does not sleep nor slumber. For wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to man. 
Then ringing, singing, and on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to man. I love that. So that's why we have to sing it every year. And I'd sing it at other times. But for some reason, you're only allowed to sing resurrection songs at Easter and Christmas songs at Christmas. I I don't get that, but uh, we've done. Then there are benedictions. Uh, God be with you till we meet again, hymn 232. Uh, And one of my favorites, we are one in the bond of love. Love that song. Although I have a memory that always happens. When I was leading music, they were doing communion. You know how the deacons all come up and they uh, give everybody the, the, the elements. And then they go to the instrumentalists and give them the elements and all of that. Well, I was leading it. And uh, we were singing this song, and they, for some reason, forgot me. So uh, we got to the end, and we stopped the song, and I said, uh, well, uh, I, we're going to sing it just one different way, and uh, maybe somebody will get the hint. And so I sang, All But One in the Bond of Love. <laughs> and they, they ran up and handed me the elements. That was before Westminster. It was, I think it was mid-cities. Uh, just an oversight. Yeah. So we've looked at some of the lyrics. When you look at lyrics, you want to make sure that you're singing truth. Uh, and so that's one of the things that we need to be aware of. Now, at this point, I would talk about style, the mood, the tempo, the tone, and the volume. But it's really, we need examples of that. So I'm going to save that with the sacred versus the common or pop music for when uh, we're back to full strength with our instruments. And I think I'll, I'll leave this uh, at this point. But it's important for us to, uh, to learn about the songs, to understand the lyrics of the songs, to re- rehearse those tunes, to establish your own favorites and why they're there. And I'm hoping as time will go on in our testimony times, people will do, as uh, was done this morning, the idea of sharing the song and hopefully we'll have the instruments and we can actually sing it in that context. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer.